0: Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod podcast episode two fifty eight for April seventeenth, twenty eighteen. Today's guests are Tamerlane Farm Animal Sanctuary founders Gabrielle Stubberts and Peter Nussbaum, and I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for a little over 12 years. You can subscribe using the colorful buttons on the right-hand sidebar at mikeypod.com or also on the bottom footer thingy. Uh, that's technical talk. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelheron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at Michael Heron. Leave a voicemail at 347-460-1753 or you can email mikeypod at gmail.com. Hello, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Sorry there was no show last week and this is actually a day late. I'm still getting this thing up. Um, Things have been sort of busy and uh, like last weekend I was out at Tamerlane Farm which is when I captured this interview Uh, and then I came back in town and lots of things are happening so uh, there was no podcast and today it's late but I'm putting it up this week and we're gonna get back on track so sorry uh, but I think you understand. Pride 48, it's a LGBTQ podcasting group that I'm Now, a part of, I was sort of like remotely involved with them, barely. I think I did one Pride 48 thing where they do a 48 hour live stream of all these different podcasters. It's really cool. Um, Anyway, I'm finally reconnected after my podcast sort of dwindled for a while and now I'm back on track and being in action. So they have an event coming up in August. Uh, You can find out about it at pride48.com. I'll be looking. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes for this episode. Um, Friday, August 24th through uh, Sunday, (laughs) August 26th uh, in New Orleans, there's going to be a gathering and uh, it looks super fun. I'm not convinced I can get to it, but if you can, you should Uh, listeners podcasters everyone's welcome uh it looks super cool and there'll be more to come but uh pride48.com or you can just find a link to the exact event the new orleans podcasting expo 2018 lots of really cool people involved there are lots of really old timey old school <laughs> queer podcasters from back in the olden days like 2005 2006 when i started doing this uh there was a site called q potter that um, Richard Bluestein put up, uh, who's also known as uh, Madge Weinstein. Uh, so, that's some podcast, gay podcast history for you. Uh, we all helped each other out a lot, like getting things up. I, I know that uh, getting my podcast going and questions I had about getting audio right happened on Q Potter. And a lot of those same people that I met there are now doing this Pride 48 thing, which is pretty legit. And I'm excited about diving in and, and getting connected to whatever degree they will allow. So yeah, check that out. Super good. Uh, album and book. My album and book. The Animal Show. The Animal Book. The Animal Album. All of these things are in progress. Um, I just announced something on my Facebook yesterday that I want to announce here too. Um, I have a Patreon page, which um, I'll talk a little bit more about later. Well, I guess now is the best time to it. Patreon is sort of like an ongoing Kickstarter where you can uh, connect with an artist and be a part of their work uh, on an ongoing basis. So you could do like monthly um, subscriptions of like a dollar up to like whatever amount you want to do. Honestly, I, I mean, my highest reward I think is a hundred dollars a month, but you could go, you could go higher. Uh, No one's going to stop you. I don't know if there's a limit on what you can do every month. I dare you to find it. I dare you to subscribe at such a high amount that Patreon is like, no, no, no. And let me know what that amount is and then just do a dollar under it and you'll be perfect. So um, the book and album are going to come out on June 21st. Mark your calendars, New York City especially, because there's going to be a uh, a uh, album release show that night at Judson Memorial Church. But um, if you sign on to my Patreon page before uh, April 30th, before the end of this month, as, as little as a dollar a month, your name will be printed in the animal book, which I think is really cool. It's a fun way. Like I feel like Patreon is a really interesting and amazing and i'm so fortunate to have this way of connecting with people who are believe in my work um who want to throw a couple bucks every month because getting that relationship going with more people means more freedom to create more work so you know like right now it, i don't make a ton of my i don't really make any money off of any of the work i do mostly it costs money um but slowly but surely people are signing on to patreon and and um and it's make it's changing that balance of being able to create work in a perfect world I could just create work podcast videos shows books <laughs> music songs um, and not have to like juggle time of like having a job to support the job if that makes sense so anyway um, if you want to sign on dollar a month patreon uh, patreon.com slash Michael heron uh, you can do it and it's it's kind of a great way to exchange. Oh, and you get super cool bonuses. Like, uh, every time I do a podcast, I release a bonus podcast. It's only available to Patreon subscribers of $5 or more. Uh, I'm posting, um, like experiences of the creation of the album. There are some rough mixes in there. There'll be more soon because I'm getting to work on that. And yeah, it's a great thing. It's a super, 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 super cool way. And there are other artists there too, that you could also support. Uh, yeah, that's kind of why I do this podcast to sort of, bring attention to artists and creators who are doing cool stuff in hopes that people who like cool stuff will support them and they can keep doing the thing. Uh, so yeah, that's, I love that sort of vibe. Um, my wellness thing, I did 30 days of wellness with, um, Mark Wood and Jamie Robinson. Uh, now I'm in like the seventh week and, uh, we did four weeks together. They trained and fed me or cooked with me. Uh, for a whole month and it was kind of amazing so it's going great (laughs) there's nothing to say except i feel really excited about continuing to eat this way and continuing to uh, exercise yeah um bonus content this week will be an extended interview with peter and gabrielle and i really feel like jumping right into everything um we got music for you i want to make sure i'm not leaving anything out nope If you like this always free podcast or the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review. P.S. Finally, I have reviews on the um, Apple Music Apple Podcasts page uh, that I'll be sharing at the end of the show like I would like to do every episode. Uh, Leave a review, like, subscribe, all of those things. And especially, I'd love your support, as I mentioned before, at patreon.com slash Michael Herron. I'd love to connect with you there, and I'd love your help in covering the expenses for this always free podcast and the other content I create. Let's do some music. Are you ready? Are you ready? I've got something really great. Vinegar Mother, I really am into this band, um, and they've got a new song. This is called Moon Tomb. So we'll listen to that, and then we'll have our interview with Peter and Gabrielle.
1: so i can see you through the window the view of the moon there's a door i can feel you it feels like new when you pull me through cause this world is too much for me Wanna lock
0: tamerlane farm (laughs) with uh gabrielle and peter the founders of said farm i've been talking about this place on the podcast forever because i made a show or something about this place and um so we're finally talking thanks for being on the podcast you guys thank you for having us
2: thank you for having us michael
0: this place, like so much is happening here um so much has happened here is there a like nutshell version of the how the farm started that you could throw out for us
3: so this was our weekend place you know we lived in new york city and we would come up here on the weekends we got this place cuz my father was in a nursing home close by so we were coming up here every weekend anyway to see him and we fell in love with this place and again it was very much a weekend place we still lived in the city and i think that was 10 years worth of non-sanctuary weekend living And uh, Gabrielle started spending more time up here. She started gardening up here and started um, uh, growing all of our food here. And she wrote me into uh, adopting two roosters. She told me it would be a great idea to have a couple roosters living in our garden. And we were vegan and we loved animals and we loved the whole sanctuary concept, but I thought... We, we can't have roosters. We're dog and cat people. We don't know what we're doing with roosters, but yet she convinced me it would be a good idea to get these guys. And within two days of having these roosters, I was born again as a vegan. I fell in love with these guys. I realized, wait a second, there really is no difference between them and my dogs and my cats. And two roosters in July of 2013 turned into 70-some-odd chickens by that winter. Mm. And we were a... Sanctuary or a uh,
0: small chicken sanctuary and grew from there. That's great. That was when I first heard of the place, obviously, because you just started mm-hmm. then. Um, and I thought of it as like a chicken sanctuary, which it was at first, yeah?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we started with the two roosters, and then we took in 20 leghorns from Woodstock Farm Sanctuary that had just rescued 200 leghorns. And... Um, Soon after that, people would call us because there's such a need for chickens and people to take in chickens, um, and the sanctuaries can get pretty maxed out really quickly. And so we were the new sanctuary who would take in chickens. And so anyone who found a chicken on the streets of New York City would call us. Um, I actually ran into Honey Lebronx at Vegan Drinks and. Mm-hmm. We met, and I said, we have this small sanctuary that we're starting. And he was, you know, overwhelmed that there was a place for chickens because he was working with um, the Alliance and Stan Chickens as caporas, and they always needed a place to bring their— um, the chickens that were rescued from the um, sacrifice in Brooklyn every year after um, Yom Kippur, or is it before Yom Kippur? Uh, Before. Before Yom Kippur. And he was like, I can't believe this. I can't believe there's another sanctuary who will take in chickens now. And so that's just kind of started getting the ball rolling, working with these other groups. And in the process of taking in chickens, we also took in some pigs and some ducks and some turkeys. And um, you know, and then we grew, and we um, worked with the ASPCA on a big rescue um, from that they worked on in Westfield, Massachusetts, and we took in 21 goats for them, and you know, we we're just growing in a very organic, natural way, and um, we really. Um, We're excited, we were gonna expand our property to the capacity that we could possibly expand it. But the one downside about our property is although we have 40 acres, a lot of it is wooded or there's a big pond and there's some wetland areas. So we didn't really have a lot of pasture to have large animals like cows. Which was fine because we were said there's so many other sanctuaries with cows. You know, they can be the cow sanctuaries. We'll just focus on the, the goats, the pigs, the turkeys, the chickens, the ducks, the peahens, and all of the guys that we have here. Um, around last year in the spring, there was a farm that literally touches us in the back of our property, that came onto the market. And it's one of the most historical farms in Sussex County. It was, um, it's from 1774. It's um, only ever been in the hands of two different families. And these families um, were very philanthropic with the community. And it, it's just this beloved farm. And it's not a fancy farm. It's, it's just an old, incredible, beautiful farm farm. And it came onto the market, and I said, this is crazy, but it's right around the corner. And I, even if we don't have this farm, a sanctuary should have this farm. It was just, you know, ready built for a sanctuary. So we started the process of um, writing proposals, trying to get grants, trying to get this property, and... Um, You know, it seemed like a crazy dream at the time, and I never kind of in the process for a million years thought this would actually happen. But we did indeed, at the end of the day, uh, get the funds to put a down payment on this property. So we are now expanding at a very kind of young age in our, you know, sanctuary world. We've only really been a sanctuary for five years, and, you know, most sanctuaries, you know, don't even think about expansion until they've been around for 10 years. And so this wasn't something that we had planned or, you know, were looking to do. It was just a farm around the corner from us that happened to come on the market. Mm-hmm. And it is it is an incredible piece of property. It's 336 acres. And what we can do on that farm for animals so is so – so much more farther reaching than what we can do on this property and so we have taken this leap of faith and uh, we are (laughs) nervously treading towards this uh this new part of our history and this new expansion and um you know starting the process of fundraising barn building fence building and doing all the things that we can do to now move to this new property and expand
0: oh Lord <laughs> so when I first started coming here it seemed like when the when the goats came that seemed like sort of a turning point for you guys is that just from my perspective is that did that feel like that for you guys too like seemed like a pretty big shift
3: yeah I mean it was a shift because when we got the goats it was the first time that we expanded beyond the sort of front of the house animal enclosures you know Mm -hmm. I always joked around that people used to come and visit the sanctuary before we had the goats and they would say wow this is the greatest place it's so small and homey and you guys are so inviting and it's so wonderful and that was all true but I also thought that when people drove up they could easily say oh yeah the sanctuary where the people have some chickens on their front lawn because (laughs) that's what it felt like to me in a weird way and it was really homey and small and wonderful when the goats came around we have that field that the goats and some of the pigs and turkeys are on now uh was just an overgrown you probably remember it was just sort of an overgrown mess and with the help of volunteers after we told the ASPCA that we would take the goats we had a few months before they would actually come to us we basically cleared that field put up fencing and it was the first you know sort of structure and uh area of this farm that sort of felt like and looked like and was you know a a, a typical sanctuary type of uh setting so that was a turning point and it sort of doubled the size of the area of the farm where we had animals living
0: and uh yeah so i guess that was a turning point yeah and now you're moving (laughs) to this like the new place is 300 something acres no 336 330. and this mm-hmm. one's no, no, 336 Oh, my 336. mistake. 336 <laughs> acres. Um, so uh, the one of the things that baffles people who haven't heard about a sanctuary when I talk to them about it or talk about this place or any other sanctuary is like, "Well, I had a landlord that I think of specifically that was like, "Well, did they sell the eggs?" And you're like, "No, no, they just the chickens just live there." Like and they can't get their head around, "Well, what why would they have a place just where animals just live, and they're not making money off the animals. And then there kind of is that question: like, I don't really understand, like, no. what would?
3: They're, they're right. Your landlord's right. We totally sell the eggs. <laughs> no, hilarious. Just and
0: well, I'll see you next week on Mikey Pod. <laughs> but like, I guess, can you describe or define what it is within you guys that that sets you up to be the type of person? Because this is as charitable things go, this is a big one, right? Like these are animals that like Peter's like, I got this. Yeah, no, I I mean, it's it
3: it, It's not to pat myself on my, my own selfless back or our selfless <laughs> backs, but um, it is a labor of love. You know, people um, have to realize that when you do something like this, you have to be prepared to work endless hours and to spend all of your money and to not take a salary from it. I mean, we, we've never taken a salary. We have no intention of taking a salary. Um, to say that it's a labor of love is, is an understatement, really, and, and it's really um, born out of our love for animals. And we feel like this is the best way that we possibly can make a difference for animals. And, um, you know, th- th- there's all sorts of animal rights activism, and some people are great at different different people are great at different things um, you know we, we did a tour today um, where it uh, wasn't a big tour maybe 12, 12 people came through none of them were vegan and by the end of the tour a bunch of them were talking about uh, I'm going to be vegan now and um, there's nothing more rewarding than that to me personally to uh, let these animals uh, these ambassadors the lucky ones who get to live here Uh, help people make the connection, and uh, that's why we're doing it, to educate people and to help them make a connection. In addition to the obvious, and that is we love animals and we want to rescue animals and give them a great life. And, you know, if the only reason we were doing it was for that reason, um, you know, I, I think that would still be great. You know, people who want to just rescue animals and have them living at their house, that's great for those individual animals. But unless you are educating and, uh, in particular, educating non-vegans about the plight of animals and helping them make the connection, um, I, I think any sanctuary person would agree that that's, that's the purpose of doing it.
2: And I would also say that this wasn't something that we, that we planned out. I mean, there are a lot of people that we meet that say, oh, this is my dream. You know, I've always wanted to run a sanctuary. I've always wanted to have a sanctuary. And that was not our dream. We just adopted some roosters, and that was it. And we (laughs) fell madly in love with these roosters. We saw how wonderful they were. And then there was a need to adopt these 20 chickens. And there was just that need out there, and we had this property you know, it wasn't like we plant, like, we're going to have a sanctuary. We're going to go find this property. We're going to do this. It happened in a very organic way. Um, I often say that chickens are the gateway drug. If mm. you um, if you, if you start <laughs> rescuing chickens, you may end up with a sanctuary. Um, but that's how it happened for us. And, and interestingly enough, what also happened at the same time is – You know, we just started doing the sanctuary. We just started rescuing chickens. I put up a little website that probably me and my five friends only ever looked at. You Mm -hmm. know, we didn't have, like, a social media following or anything. And it was Christmas time, and I had just come up with this amazing hot sauce recipe. And I said, I'm going to make hot sauce for Christmas presents and sell it on our incredibly (laughs) successful website, not successful at all and so I made about 20 cases of this really fabulous hot sauce that I had just come up with and um you know my three friends bought a jar from the Mm -hmm. website and that was pretty much it and I had all of this hot sauce left over and another friend came over and she said what are you gonna do with all this hot sauce and I said I'd probably just give it away to my friends as gifts she's like no you gotta sell it you gotta sell this hot sauce for the sanctuary and I said I made the hot sauce in my house. I don't think I can like sell it to anyone commercially. So then another friend of ours came over the next day, actually a mutual friend of ours, Adrian Santoni, Uh and he said, oh, you gotta sell this hot sauce at the vegan shop-up. And I said, what's the vegan shop-up? And he said, it's this vegan market that they have once a month in Brooklyn. And I said, okay, Mm. and I signed up right then and there when he was there, and I said, wow, the vegan shop up, I can sell this hot sauce that I made, but it's also a great outreach for the sanctuary. And so through that vegan shop up, we started meeting people in New York City that wanted to come up and volunteer. And on Wednesdays, I would drive up a group of volunteers and come up here and they'd help us clean out the chicken coops. And so, you know, none of this was planned. It just happened organically. Uh, just like the new property happened organically, uh, this was not well thought out at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. But well, that's the way great things happen, right? Like opportunities show up and you say yes, and then you do it. Like <laughs> you both seem pretty satisfied right now.
2: <laughs> Peter often says that this is the best thing that he's ever done and the thing that he's most proud of. I work harder than I've ever worked in my life, and I'm never unhappy about working this hard, Mm. you know? And obviously it is the best thing that I've ever done too, but I, I just have never qualified it in that kind of the same way that Peter's qualified it. Like, he's so proud of this. And for me, I'm just in the trenches every day, so it's hard to kind of look from the outside and say, like, this is the, you know, but... Obviously, it's a labor of love. I'm still doing it. I work seven days a week. You know, there are no vacations, and um, often the days are long, but I can't think of anything else I'd rather be doing.
0: Mm. If you were, um, you know, you mentioned people that say, oh, it's my dream, I've always wanted to run a sanctuary. (laughs) What what would you like to say to those people? Anything like...
2: Well, it's interesting because when we decided this is what we were going to do, we did the animal care conference at Farm Sanctuary. And during the animal care conference at Farm Sanctuary, they basically try to talk you out of having a sanctuary. Mm. Not in a, like a mean way, but they're, just, they're, they're saying that this is impossible. It's impossible to raise money. Being, an, um, being a nonprofit is impossible. But then also having to be responsible for all of these animals you take in. And if you can't raise money, then it becomes a disaster. Uh, most sanctuaries fail, and when they fail, we have to take in your animals. Uh-huh. And therefore, we can't take in animals from really, you know, extreme situations because we're taking in the animals of all these failed sanctuaries. And during the whole course of that weekend, I kept looking at Peter going, I, I fully expected him to go, oh, God, this seems like really impossible, and I don't want to do this. But every time I looked at him, he was like, oh, no, we're doing this. And I was like, okay, well, if you're on board, <laughs> I'm on board. Um, so, it, and it is impossible. It really is impossible. And... Um, A lot of sanctuaries do fail. And they're, you know, to to raise money, to do everything that you need to do to really be a sanctuary like you know for instance if like peter said if you're just rescuing animals and you're bringing in them into your home and you're giving them a safe place for the rest of their life that is amazing and that's wonderful but if you're a sanctuary and now you're rescuing animals and now you're having to hire people and now you have to do humane outreach and now you have to have tours i mean it is it's overwhelming it's uh, it's it's an overwhelming job um with with out a lot of money or resources, um, you know. Neither one of us has ever taken a salary. Um, you know, you have to really dig your heels in and make a lifetime commitment. I mean, you're taking in animals that have the potential to live. You know, pot-bellied pigs. We have pot-bellied pigs that can live up for up to 35 years. Mm. You know, you have to really make that commitment. And if you can't make that commitment, you have got to reconsider opening a sanctuary. And people just see, you know, oh, this is so wonderful and this is so lovely. Well, they haven't been mucking barns every day for a straight year, just, you know, elbows deep in poop all day long. And then they're like this is the rest of my life for the next 35, 40, 50 years. I mean, you have to really kind of realize that before you start and we didn't realize that before we started, but you know, we're here now and we're fine with it.
3: What I would say to people, um, we were in the semi uh, fortunate position of having Gabrielle who is amazing at this and uh, I have a pretty good day job and I would say to people, Make sure that if you're going to do it, if you're a couple or if you're a single person, don't even think about giving up the day job. You, you know, the, Giving up the day job is not an option because mm-hmm. if you're planning on doing it and relying upon, unless you're independently wealthy, if you're planning on doing it and relying solely on grants or donations, then you're kidding yourself if you think you can pull it off because it just doesn't happen. And again, thankfully, we have the resources to um, be able to... Um, uh, supplement what we bring in. But, you know, we're we're our biggest, you know, the, the, the biggest donor to the sanctuary uh, is, is speaking right now, yeah. or we're speaking to you right now. And the goal is to get to a place where um, we're no longer the biggest donor, where our, you know, supporters who are amazing, we have incredible supporters, and we're grateful for them. But the goal, the ultimate dream goal for us is to get to a place where we're no longer throwing all of our saved money and my salary into the sanctuary but rather we're fully funded by donations and grants and you know we we, we're optimistic that we'll get to that place not right away but we will we better because we're not independently wealthy and we're not in a position to float this place indefinitely the way that we have been but uh, again we're optimistic and i think that uh we're 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 not going to fail there's there's no failing here we we will not ever be a failed sanctuary i can assure you that
0: yeah, I believe it. Uh, we have a w- riled up dog in the background. <laughs> um, well, thanks so much. Is there anything that we didn't cover that we should talk about?
3: I feel like this. I feel like I, you know, I'm gonna make a an admission. You know how much I love you and think you're great, and uh-huh. how much I love your art. I really haven't listened to your this podcast because you know I'm so um, techno technologically challenged when it comes to podcasts and all things app related. Yeah. But I have to imagine that all of your podcasts are way fun funner and funnier than this and <laughs> yeah. humorous and I feel like we didn't throw any any humor into this and I I mean, I mentioned that I was going to curtsy if I could at the beginning, that and was
0: that was good. And I, you said but that's it. you said the thing about selling eggs—that was hilarious. Yeah, that was yeah, really, that was really like.
3: Right. Do you have any jokes that you can tell,
2: Michael? <laughs> I don't. Right. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> that's all right. All right. Can you say
3: something funny, Michael?
0: No, like I just feel really bummed out when I'm ever around you guys. Where can we find you guys online? The website.
2: We are at Tamerlanefarm.org. org. We are at Facebook slash Tamerlane Farm. We're Tamerlane Farm on Instagram, maybe? I can't remember. At
3: Tamerlane Farm on those
2: things. Yeah. I'll put
0: I'll put links on the website. Yeah. So if you're listening to this episode, you can go to MikeyPod.com and get get links to all the socials. I'll make sure that they're all there.
3: Yay! Yay! Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you for joining me, you guys. Thank,
2: thank you. you, Michael.
4: Walking in circles now, wandering like some cloud Feet first and trailing the faults i found, fumbling like some cloud Get in circles now, wandering like some
0: cloud. That was Allegra Krieger with Circles. What a beautiful song. I discovered Allegra just this past Sunday at Judson Memorial Church. My church I go to. There's always some amazing artists performing during the service. Uh, It's such an arts and activist related place. I just love my Judson. I love my Judson. Um, Micah Busey, who's the associate minister there, has been on the podcast a couple times. You could scroll back, search the site for Micah and um, hear what that place is all about. Um, Thank you so much, Gabrielle and Peter, for being on the podcast. And my apologies, I just realized as I was editing this that there's some this like uh, some interference I think was coming from one of our phones on my little handheld recorder I was using I didn't realize that happens with that thing so I hope it wasn't too distracting and now I know to turn phones all the way off when I'm recording, um, lesson learned. Um, I hope you were able to make it through that. I don't think it was too distracting. Um, those things get under my skin more than I think they do to other people. Um, either way, my apologies. So listen, I've been wanting to do a segment at the end of the show that had, uh, reviews from, uh, Apple podcasts. And finally, Finally, I have two reviews, uh, so let's talk about them. This first one comes from Fit to Sail from USA. That's the United States of America. For those you may not know that, that's a pretty hard thing. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! All right. So this one says, "My first time listening, and I learned a ton. Had never thought about animal activism as. Oh, I forgot to say the um the The title of the review is vegan musician John Sackars. He says, or they say, my first time listening and I learned a ton had never thought about animal activism as a gateway to other social justice issues or the concept of people reacting to things due to social experience. And you can help give them perhaps a different experience to react differently. Thanks for a fun 30 minutes. Thanks for that review, fit to sale. From USA. <laughs> it says from USA on all these things. It's funny. Uh, the next one says Mikey Pod broadens the conversation while pleasing the ears. Come on, that's really nice. Thank you. Uh, this is from uh, Local Look. Local Look from USA. Uh, on April 4th, 2018. The conversations on MikeyPod are great. Speaking from a vegan perspective, it's easy to see the care and concern Michael and his guests have for animals. They speak eloquently and passionately about the plight of animals and made me realize that calling someone an animal name pejoratively is denigrating to both the person and the animal. Thank you. Thanks for those reviews. If you'd like to re- leave a review, it's so great to have like some feedback on my page on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can do it right within the app. It's, admittedly, it's a little sort of convoluted to figure out how to do it. You can also do it on the iTunes app on your computer. Um, that'd be great. Or you can even just give it a five-star rating. Uh, well, except four, if that's where you're at, that's cool. Please, nothing less than four. But I, maybe low things are great too. Um, and I always love your feedback. You can send me an email at mikeypod at gmail.com. Uh, the website is mikeypod.com. Um, so many different things. I'm on social media, pretty much everywhere as at Michael Heron. And honestly, I would love to hear from you. Thanks for downloading. I know you have a choice in podcast listening and you've chosen mine in this last, what, 30 minutes or so, 40 minutes. Uh, so thank you. I, I sincerely appreciate your, uh, your attention. So, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.